Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode on Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend Josiah. <clears throat> Thank you so much for tuning back in. This is season 22, episode 213, and here on Movius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we also continue to be prepared for the second coming of Christ. If you are new to my podcast or have been listening for some time now, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Over two years ago, God told me to start this podcast and start using the teaching gift that he has given me. And I just pray that God's will would be evident in your life as we go through today's episode. The verse of the day is uh, here on Movius Ministries is Jeremiah 29, 13. I actually, I'm going to read this through my Amplified Bible. Jeremiah 29, 13. Okay, here we go. Then, with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity, and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Beloved, I'm not sure if that's kind of what it's been like for you uh, since our last episode. But this is God's word, and I know that if we are doers of it, we will not be ashamed. And, um... That God is faithful even when we are faithless. Some of you guys heard just, uh... Some of you guys just heard the, um, episode that just came out with regarding my friend Brandon... trying to think about how I was going to really title that type of, um, you know, um, announcement or um, statement I was going to make. And I thought of perfect title. I think it was really from the Holy Spirit, Bittersweet News. For those of you that have not uh, heard the message, um, I'm just trying, I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking right now. Sorry, guys. Um, for those of you that didn't listen to the episode, uh, Brandon, he came here on my podcast, um, a while ago, and some of you may have listened to the message. <clears throat> it was about um, the importance of our speech as Christians. I picked Brandon up that night, uh, brought him over to um, my house, and we recorded a two-part episode. And it was really, really good. Um, one of these days, when I feel I'm ready, I think I want to listen to that message um, and just listen to Brandon's voice. Um, I know where Brandon is. Brandon was a man of integrity, a man who truly feared God, a man who showed genuine faith in Christ for his sins. Brandon was driving with his dad on Hall Road. Um, Brandon was in a severe car accident, went to the hospital that night, and then passed away 
on Saturday. Very sad. I went to a coffee shop to share this with two leadership members at a ministry called Collective at Woodside Bible Church on Rochester Road. Um, and uh, just trying to think of, just have a lot of thoughts kind of running through my mind, honestly. Um, It was um, today. I've just been missing him a lot. I didn't think I was really going to feel this uh, yesterday, and so I'm humbling myself and just really opening up my heart to God. Um, I'll finish with this, and then we'll 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 pray and get into today's message. Um, We're going to be talking about what kind of trial are you in. We're going to look really particular about what type of trial you might be going through. It's so crazy that God prompted me to share this kind of a message a week ago, and now um, I would consider my best friend just passed away. Um, you can definitely see God's love through that. It's very, very comforting. Uh, today, I after I got done at the coffee shop with uh, their names are Cole and Cassie, I was in my car, was kind of like slumped back, and... Uh, had my head back on the headrest. And then there were three emotions that I was dealing with that were kind of like recycling over and over. Um, number one, like, it was a it was a type of peace. Like, we talk about the peace that we feel sometimes from God that is like, it, it just feels so unexplainable. You don't know how to explain it. But this kind of peace was like different. It was like a... Like, I'm accepting what happened, and I'm at peace about it. And it's not that I'm mad at God, but it's like dealing with it from the hurt, I guess. Or the pain. Because then the next following the, the, the next following feeling that I would feel is, um... Uh, I just miss him a lot. I just, it's been really heavy on my heart. I was at the coffee shop, and I almost just started crying. Um, I was listening to really like really somber music, very depressed music, um, just to kind of like feel what I'm feeling and open my heart up more to God. Um, but then I, the third feeling was this supernatural joy that I cannot explain what it felt like, but there is this confidence that I have. There's this joy that I feel that Brandon is no longer in a broken and sinful world. He never. He doesn't have to see the pain that goes on in the world anymore. Now, there's that question that we do deal with sometimes about, you know, when we in heaven, do we get to see down on earth? And we, we kind of get that verse out of Hebrews 11.1. 1. I don't know. Part of me, you know, I think about the verse in Revelation where there's uh, the souls that were martyred and they go, Lord, when are you going to avenge us? So it's like they're remembering their pain. Does that mean they can see other people's pain? I don't know. But at the same time, I know that Brandon is full of joy. He is no longer in a wheelchair. He has a resurrected body. He is with the risen king. 
So those are the feelings that I've, I've been dealing with. And I'll share this one verse that I shared on the episode that I made earlier today. Romans 8, 24 and 25. I'll give you a second to go there. If, you're, if you have an on-hand Bible and you're looking, I'll give you a second to go there if you want to. Romans 8, 24 and 25. This is out of the Amplified. For in this hope we are saved by faith. But hope, the object of which is seen, is not hope. For who hopes in what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. Father, as we open today's message and we look into your word, words that you spoke through broken and sinful man, who is then redeemed through Christ if they trust in him and are made a saint. Open our hearts, Abba, to receive what you have for us. If you have any sins you need to confess to God, just confess them right now. I'll confess it with you. Father, I confess my sins. Whatever it is, I open myself up and I confess with you. We agree with what with our human fertility, knowing that we are in need of your grace. We are in need of the blood of Christ. So, Father, Lord Jesus, we trust in what you did. We put our confident trust in what you did. Fill my listeners with the Holy Spirit. Speak to us through this message, Father. Help me not have any codependent thought or social anxiety thought. Holy Spirit, lead me in this episode. I ask for your grace in my weakness, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to uh, email me about today's sermon, you can. I'll have the email in the description below. It's josiahmovius12 at yahoo.com. So, some of you know we did a study through the book of James a while back here on my podcast. If you haven't listened to it, it's season 15, episode 160, all the way to season 16, episode 169. Say so that one more time. We did a huge study. Most of the studies were two parts. So for like chapter one, we did part one, part two. Chapter two, we did part one, part two because they were longer messages. They were more than just reading over it and just like, oh, here's what I think. And that's fine, but what we did was we did a, a deep study on the book of James. Um, and those episodes you can find uh, from season 15, episode 160, and then and then all the way to season 16, episode 169. So just to simplify it, pretty much episode 160 to 169. We did a study on this book, not just a read, which is fine, but... Um, it, it, that's fine as well, but we dove into Greek language as well. We broke down context and did some cross-references here and there. Some of us know uh, verse 2 of chapter 1. Let's read it out of the ESV. James says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet uh, trials of various kinds. Now, their joy in the Greek is the same word that Paul uses for joy in Galatians 5.22. It's the same Greek word. I think it's the word um, uh, uh, chara or kara. It's, I forget how to pronounce it, but um, it's, it's the same Greek word. If you were here when we did our study 
on the through the book of Galatians, there were people who were coming into the many churches of Galatia. Paul says, I'm writing these letters to the many churches in Galatia. You can read that in chapter one. And these people were saying, oh yeah, Jesus died for your sins and all, um, but you still need to be circumcised and follow the law of Moses. Paul calls these particular people in a different letter through the letter of Philippians chapter three, he calls them dogs. But then he also calls them here in Galatians, the, the, to the church, to the many churches in Galatia, false brothers. Why am I explaining this so deeply? Where it says, carnal joy, my brothers. Why am I elaborating on that my brothers part so much? When we see James call the church my brothers, we can see what an honor and a privilege it is to be called brother or sister. There is no, there is no Jew, no Greek, there is no uh, male or female, all are one in Christ. We must see it is such an honor and a privilege to be called this because Paul calls other people that, that are that are contrary to what Christ and the apostles teach, dogs and false brothers. I've had a message, a new message on my heart that I want to give in the Lord's timing about seeing God's beloved the way that he does. And here it can translate into Christians as those who, um, where he says, uh, brothers, brothers right there in the Greek can translate into Christians as those who are exalted to the same heavenly place. I'm going to say that one more time. Where he says, count it all joy, my brothers. Brothers there in the Greek translates into Christians as those who are exalted to the same heavenly place. So think about it. Not everyone is a true brother. It should be an honor when we are called by this, uh, called this by other people, or if we are called beloved. That's another word that you could use. I did a message about uh, understanding beloved. It's episode one hundred and thirty-five. If you want to listen to it, when we went through James and got into the Greek, for me, it was the most deep, insightful book. When we looked at the original language, that was my experience. It was super cool when we looked through it. The Greek just opened up my eyes and my heart and my mind like unbelievably, beloved. Some of you know uh, about how recently I have struggled more with erotic thoughts pretty often. Recently, I've been getting better at having more self-control mentally and it's been really good. So I've been praying about that and seeing the Lord allow me to have more strength mentally to say no to lustful thoughts. Um, if you like the little song that's playing in the background, it's called In the Spirit by Waldner Worship. I haven't played this one in a while and I really wanted to play it. So, I am totally clean on all sexual integrity issues in, a, in, in any kind of physical, physical form. I want to say that humbly and give God all the glory. For some time now, as I continue uh, to, to struggle daily with some erotic thoughts, I quickly confess it to the Lord. And I have had thoughts... In moments of battling with these certain thoughts, how can a born-again Christian struggle with thoughts like these so much? This can't be normal. Can someone with the Holy Spirit really struggle with this regularly? There were other thoughts that I dealt with, but those were a few that I was dealing with when I would really battle lustful thoughts. Um, it would Sometimes it wouldn't even be when I'm talking to a really pretty girl, but sometimes it would just be like, even when I'm just by myself. Um, last week, it was on my heart to look up the Greek again for trials, what uh, what 
what it means here in James 1, 2. And so I did. And when I read the definition again, those thoughts I was having were from the accuser of the brethren. Let's get into some Greek here and look at the definitions one by one. I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce this Greek word. Um, so it's the Greek word pyrodasmas. Pyrodasmas, I think that's how you pronounce it. I think you're supposed to roll the R or you're not. If you're taking notes, here's how to spell it. If you'd like to take notes, it's P-E-I-R-A-S-M-O-S. P-E-I-R-A-S-M-O-S. Now the definition, here's, here's they're, they're, the definitions are actually, uh, there's a lot actually. So let's dive into this. An experiment, attempt, trial or proving of the trial examination it can translate for, for the trial definition if we're looking at it that way it means of man's fidelity integrity virtue or uh, constancy now this particular definition can be translated uh, into an enticement to sin temptation whether arising from the desires um, whether arising from the desires or uh, from their outwards circumstances. Uh, fidelity uh, and consistent uh, uh, constancy uh, means dependable and faithful. The next definition is what broke those lies off of me as well. Like those certain thoughts that I was dealing with. Of the condition of things or by mental state by which we are enticed to sin or lapsed from the faith and holiness. Last definitions here, adversity, affliction, trouble sent by God, and serving to test or prove one's character, faith, and holiness. This is mind-blowing. Beloved, how many times do we see someone struggling with mental health or a certain trial or a difficult situation, and we think that it's for the worst. Sometimes God may be doing that to turn someone around. God may be doing that. But let's not prematurely judge and jump right to that conclusion. When I saw this verse, I saw that I am in a trial of the Lord testing my mind with... Now, I'm not saying God's tempting me. That's not what I'm saying because James is clear on that. But God is allowing evil thoughts to corrupt me to prove my character. And a lot of you guys might think that's prideful, but it's not. It's not prideful. This is one of the definitions that we see here for trials. It literally made me feel so free. It made me feel so cherished and loved by God even more. I saw how serious God was and still is on my deeper walk in sanctification. These definitions are mind-blowing. By mental state, by which we are enticed to sin or lapsed from the faith and holiness, adversity, affliction, or trouble sent by God and serving to test or prove one's character, faith, and holiness. Now let's go off note real quick and we're going to look at 1 Peter 4.12 out of the ESV right after this. We can see this in the story of Job, beloved. God 
tests his integrity. God proved what he saw in Job. 1 Peter 4.12, out of the ESV, Beloved, the Greek agapetas, which translates into worthy of love, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Trial here uh, in the Greek, in 1 Peter 1.4, is, is a different Greek word, but it can translate into calamities or trials to prove one's character. I'm going to read the verse one more time, and then, we'll, and then I'm going to read my note right after. 1 Peter 4.12, ESV, Beloved. Again, Greek, agapetas, definition, worthy of love. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Trial in the Greek. It's a different Greek word than what we see in James uh, 1.2. Now, there's trials that James uses there. So it's just it's just an additional letter, but it, it's a different Greek word, and it translates into it translates into calamities or trials to prove one's character. Romans five three uh, through four ESV. A lot of us know this verse. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance proves character, and character produces hope. Now that word, that word suffering, not the first word that we see where it says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, not that word, but the next word, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Suffering there in the Greek can translate into oppressing, pressing together, pressure, or as a metaphor, oppression, affliction, tribulation, and or distress. Pressure there um, at, the, at the beginning the, uh, the, the third definition can be translated literally or figuratively. Let's look at another scripture to help us understand if you may be going through uh, trials through certain mental health issues, or not even just mental health, but sin issues in our minds, or rough back and forth emotions. Let's look at Luke, Luke 22, 31-32. We're going to read it out of the Amplified. This is Jesus speaking. Um, We're going to get into some Greek here in a second as well. Simon, Simon, Peter, listen. Satan has demanded to sift all of you like grain. Now, all of is added in from the Amplified. And the reason why is because you right there in verse 31 is being translated as, as a plural. But I have prayed. Jesus saying, I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail And you, once you have turned back to me, strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. So the word here, sift. Simon, Simon, Peter, listen. Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain. It's the Greek, siniadzo. Siniadzo. If you like to know how to spell it, it's S-I-N-I-A-Z-O. Spell one more time. S-I-N-I-A-Z-O. Now, beloved, this word is not being used as an adjective. It's not being used as a noun. It's being used as a verb. And the definition means as as a uh, figuratively 
term by inward agitation to try one's fate, try one's faith to the verge of overthrow. Think about that, beloved. By inward agitation. Do you know how many times I, I have felt that way when I have lustful thoughts? I feel so aggravated. I'm like, I don't want that, Lord. Now, what is that in me? That, that's the born-again me. That is what Christ has done in me. That is what the Holy Spirit has done in me. I didn't do that on my own. Oh, yeah. Also, I want you to guess how many times this word sift shows up in the New Testament. I'm going to give you a second. I want you to think. How many times does this word sift show up in the New Testament? One time. One time. This is how I feel sometimes. And you may be in this kind of a season. So, beloved, I ask you, what kind of trial are you in? Is it money problems, relational conflicts, work issues, mental health, sin struggles? If it is a sin struggle, I love what our, what, what our brother Paul Washer says. There is a difference between habitual sin and struggling with sin. Is it an emotional trouble? Have you been having really hard circumstances? I'm with you. I've been there. And it's hard. I've been there. When I was waiting for the car that I had, I was waiting for the car that God told me he was going to give me. I literally just had to wait. God said, don't do anything. Do not go out and buy a car. Don't save up for a car. Don't. I'm going to give you one. I had so many so many moments here in my room where I cried to God begging please give me a car Lord I'm just waiting you gave me this promise and you expect me just to sit here and wait emotional troubles I've dealt with that where you have a lot of feelings going around and you're happy one moment for example today you know I, I, I went out with my friends and obviously told them about Brandon and on my way there, I was so happy. I literally was feeling like really good. I had, I had my Christian rap plan and had my windows rolled down, had my little cooled seat on and everything. Radials blasted. I felt really good. And then on the way back, I just felt really sad. Now I'm feeling pretty good. I feel pretty good right now. I mean, I, I love preaching God's word. Is it sin struggles? Are you struggling with pornography? You're struggling to just to just not mess up again? Look to the sun. Look to Jesus Christ. Is it mental health? Are you struggling with anxiety and depression, social anxiety, codependent issues? PTSD? Our Abba is here to handle our hurt habits and hang-ups. The Psalms say that that he, uh, he bears our burdens daily. Is it work issues? You're not getting enough hours. People are saying hurtful things to you at work. 
you're suffering for being a Christian. I've been there. I get that. And you know what? Forget about me. You want to know who really experienced that? Christ. He felt it. He was emotionally and verbally and physically scorned. Is it relational conflicts? Do you have a mom or a dad who is just hard on you and says hurtful things to you? I have a message next week that I'm really excited excited to talk about. We're going to talk about the vengeance of God. Is it money problems? Do you have credit card bills you can't pay? Are you in a lot of debt? Is God telling you to tithe more than what you would like and it's calling you out of your comfort zone? I've been there. I get that. You're barely paying your bills. You're having to ask people for money and it feels, you may feel some shame sometimes. I'm not sure. Whatever it is, if it's a sin struggle, and you, continue to, and you continue to show personal in, in integrity in confessing humbly before God or a mental health issue you keep dealing with and you just keep on talking to the Holy Spirit about it or a worldly trial, God is, God is looking at something deeper He has put in you by His wonderful and precious Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that one more time. Whatever it is, a sin struggle and you continue to show personal integrity <clears throat> in confessing humbly before God or a mental health issue you keep dealing with and you just keep talking to the Holy Spirit about it, you just keep talking about it, or it's a worldly trial. God is looking at something deeper that he has put in you by his wonderful, precious Holy Spirit. If you are a follower of Christ, someone who daily walks and prays to God, Consider your trial and be glad, beloved. God has a purpose behind it, beloved. God is using it to grow your character. I want you for a minute to consider your election. God ch chose you. He, he, God chooses what the world thinks as nothing and nobodies. The same God who created them created you and he chose you by the love of his son, Jesus Christ, to live for his purposes. He called you out by name before the foundations of the world. He chose you. The last scripture that I want us to hang on to, beloved, in moments of trials to discern our trials and understand what's going on is Psalm 57 verse 2 out of the Amplified. I will cry to God most high. There is no other higher than him who accomplishes all things on my behalf. Romans 8 28 for he completes my purpose in his plan. Abba, we thank you so much For the trial, whatever it is, God, whether it's a mental trial, whatever we're going through, God, I pray for my listener, God, they would consider it joy. They would be glad. Father, show them your heart behind it. Show them your heart. Show them 
the, the beauty of how concerned you are about their holiness and about their personal integrity. There are so many moments, God, where we can hear a message like this and we get so proud. We're like, okay, I'm just going to do more of this and I'm going to grind my teeth and I'm going to go out. I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to do all these things. Lord, lead us by your Holy Spirit. Let us not strive in the flesh, but strive in what you, Holy Spirit, are calling us into. Pray for deep intimacy with you, Holy Spirit. We would know you so personally. We thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for what you did through Brandon's life. We thank you that he's with you right now. Give us hope for eternal life again one day. God, Holy Spirit, convince us again of who the Messiah is. Convince us again, Lord. Convince us again. Thank you for this episode. Thank you for this time. Pray my listener would be faithful in what you're calling them to do in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, beloved, that is my message. I want to share the gospel real quick for those that don't know it. There was a law that was given to God's people. Uh, those people were called the Israelites. And uh, generation after generation, God's people, the Israelites, they couldn't do what God demanded. Um, and then God's people, they wanted kings to lead over them. And uh, many of those kings were righteous, but many were also evil as well. And so then God saw some of the evil, uh, what do you call it, kings, and he sent prophets to give messages of many kinds. And um, God's people, they killed the prophets. They, didn't, they couldn't stand the, the, the statement of repentance of sin and remembering what God did with their people um, by freeing them from Egypt. And they didn't care. They just, they just kept walking forward. Um, the prophets then proclaimed about a coming Messiah that would come and save everyone from their sins. Um, and the, and then, uh, First Peter says that the prophets searched who these what this prophetic word regarding Christ who was it, who was it regarding towards what type of people was it talking about the prophets searched who it was being talked about and you are those people Christ came and started to proclaim the gospel it was to repent and believe in the gospel for the kingdom of God is at hand Jesus also said that I I have not come to abolish abolish the law of the prophets I have not come to abolish but to fulfill. Jesus lived the life that we couldn't live. I, I, I love how 1 John 2, 1 describes what that means. It says that Jesus Christ, this is, I'm just, I'm just going to quote part of verse 1. I'm not taking it out of context, but it says, Jesus Christ, the righteous, the upright, the just one, who conforms to the Father's will in every way. Now, what does every, every way mean? It says in the following, purpose, thought, and action. 
Jesus says that if you've lust after if you lust after a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Jesus never even had that thought come into his mind. This is how much God this is how much Jesus loved God. And he did that for you. Because he loved you. I'm gonna read all of all of pretty much I mean pretty much the essence of the gospel is first John two one. My little children, this is out of the Amplified. My little children, believers, dear ones, I am writing these things to you so that you will not sin and violate God's law. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate who will intercede for us with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, the upright, the just one who conforms to the Father's will in every way, purpose, thought, and action. Jesus hung on that cross when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, if it is in your will... If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But then he said after, he said, But nevertheless, let your will be done. Now what was in the cup? When he says, let this cup pass from me. There's a verse in Jeremiah where it talks about the cup of God's wrath. That is what Jesus drank for you. This is the truth. The world isn't billions of years old. The world is actually, I'd say, about 7,000 years old. God created the heavens and the earth. That's the truth. That's what happened. Why do you think there's uh, seashells at the top of Mount Everest? It's when God flooded the whole earth. What happened to all the dinosaurs? They died in the flood. That's what I think. That's based off my own judgment. And then Christ came. Thousands of years after that. When you read the book of Malachi, and it talks about Christ coming. Actually, sorry, I don't think Malachi talks about Jesus. But from Malachi to when Jesus came, God was silent for, I believe it was either 400 or 4,000 years. I I think it was 400 years. God was silent. He didn't say a thing. This is where we can ponder on, like, um, you know, does God move in silence? Yeah, he does. And so Christ hung on that cross and he died for your sins. He became the perfect sacrifice. And so for those who trust in what he did for your sins, for those who have confident trust in what he did, and you seek God's will for your life, you're saved. There's no other truth. Let go of all other religiosity or anything like that. Um, it's all about Christ. It's all about what he did. It all points to him. So, Lord, even if I, as I just share the gospel, I pray you'd fill people with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your law, Lord. Your law is good. And the law reveals that we are in need of a Savior. Pray for convinced hearts and minds about who Jesus is. Convinced hearts and minds about the world and what's actually true. Thank you for your Son, Lord. How precious and wonderful He is. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen.
next week, uh, I'm going to be sharing about God's vengeance and how we can really rest in what God is going to do through that. Um, so it's been on my heart to maybe in the future sometime uh, take communion. Um, I think I'll have to uh, put out an episode as a, uh, like a, not like a warning, but I, I, I guess warning is the right word to say, hey, we're going to be taking communion next week. Um, I would really, I would really like to do that as a group. Just kind of do it behind the scenes. Uh, there's a verse out of 1 Corinthians 11, I think I'd like to speak out of. But anyway, any questions or comments you have, you can email me. Um, this episode will be up tomorrow on YouTube, Lord willing. Uh, share my podcast with a friend. Rate my podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to today's episode as we talked about what kind of trial are you in? This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.